the show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. My name is Jenny, and I'm a mom, but I once lived a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I left TV to become a full-time mother, I quickly found out what we moms are up against. Our world glorifies the rich and famous. For what? I say let's honor the moms who are raising this world's next generation. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Oh, I sure sure hope that we are here uh, with exactly what you need today. Uh, Our guest, I suspect, is really going to take you where you need to go when it comes to things like relationships. So welcome, moms. I am Jenny, and this is Channel Mom, where we encourage mothers. We focus on your amazing value as a mom in this world. So we're going to talk about love today, okay? You know, you and your spouse maybe could use some help in that area, and today's show may help you. That's our hope. Today's guest is famous for helping folks with their relationships, and he can help you turn your crippling coupledom into lifelong love. Gary Thomas is on the show to help us fix the marriage thing for people at all stages in their relationships, for those not married yet, for those who are newly married, and for longtime couples who are maybe struggling. That's all coming up for you on Channel Mom in just one quick minute. Are you in need of some girl time or maybe a mother-daughter date? We've got just the place for you. Enjoy an afternoon of respite and refreshments with an authentic English tea. Lynn's Tea Shop and Cafe serves a delightful afternoon tea or a delicious breakfast or lunch in their cafe, all at affordable prices. Offering special teas like the chocolate fountain tea or princess tea, there's something for everyone at Lynn's Tea Shop and Cafe in Littleton. For a 10% discount, use the code CHANNELMOM. Visit lynnstea.com. That's lynnstea.com. Moms are a big deal, but sometimes the world forgets. That's why Channel Mom Media and Outreach is here. We exist to love, coach, and encourage every mom, whether she's struggling with parenting, single motherhood, homelessness, or locked in prison. On radio and social media, Channel Mom works to remind each mom of her importance and give her the latest and best advice. We also reach out to moms with our hands and feet, helping homeless and incarcerated moms, as well as moms in the country and mothers in the city. You can join our work by praying for us, volunteering, or giving at ChannelMom.com. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Hey, welcome back. I'm just going to admit and be very real for you today. At the last minute, I thought, you know what? We should put this on Facebook Live because Gary is well known and people are going to want this advice and information on video. So (laughs) the great Kelly is working to help me get this on Facebook Live. And so I've been a little preoccupied and I apologize for that. All right. I do want to remind you about Lynn's Tea Shop and Cafe. Their high teas are truly authentic. You know, I lived in England for a while, so I know an authentic English tea when I see one and it's just delightful. She runs, uh, uh, Carolyn is her name, the proprietor, runs such a wonderful little shop in Littleton. They're open for teas. You can book on any afternoon, Tuesday through Saturday. And I really think that you're not going to be disappointed. Go with the girlfriends, go with a daughter, go with a mother or something like that. It's Lynn's Tea Shop. You can book a time there at lynnstea.com or you can call this number 303-973-0224. And again, lynnstea.com. I think it'll be fun for you. All right. So... 
Uh, we're not going to do a business shout out today. We're going to get straight to the guest because I know that he's going to you know, have a lot to help you with. We're going to talk about love. As I said, who doesn't want to talk about love? Marriage and relationship expert Gary Thomas offers moms life-changing advice when it comes to relationships. It's for those who are married, about to be married, or searching. And uh, we're going to get some surprising and hopefully life-changing tips from Gary today. He is here to give us the best advice from his newly revised versions of his books, Sacred Search, The Sacred Search, A Lifelong Love, and The Nine Essential Conversations Before You Say, I Do. So welcome to Channel Mom, Gary. Jenny. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Okay, so here's what I like to do, Gary. I like to set us up. Oh, my goodness, Michael's walking away. (laughs) I'm having to be like a a train conductor today. I wanted to play a little music to set us up um, because I I like to. Yeah, he's ready. He's coming back. Uh, I love to set up the interviews with kind of some background music that kind of goes with what we're saying. Uh, Some of the music is surprising. So here's a little 80s tune to set up your interview. There you go. That would be your soundtrack to start the day. <laughs> I, want, I love it. Yeah, I, I hope you do. I'm more of a 70s guy, but when you, that's, that's about the best of the 80s. Yes, so thank you, you. Thank you. And just so you know, and we'll talk a little bit about this uh, as we're talking about relationships. I met my husband in nursery school. So that particular song was our song when we started <laughs> dating in high school. So I, I thought, oh, I'll pull that out, partly because it kind of has that misappropriated... Um, a focus when it comes to the, he says, I don't want to sleep. I don't want to eat. All I want to do is keep on loving you. And, and you kind of call that attitude to the carpet. So I just want to start right out with something that the point you make in your book, the sacred search about how we go to love and marriage for the wrong reasons. Can you explain that? Yeah. Well, I wrote the sacred search because I found that even Christians were getting married for the same reasons as non-Christians And the three main reasons, this is the key, Jenny, none of them predict future marital happiness or fulfillment. Yeah. They they set you up for a great dating relationship, and it could be a disastrous marital choice. So here are the three things, and this is what that song is about. It's infatuation, which we know from neuroscience. This isn't scripture. This is neuroscience. has a shelf life of about 12 to 18 months. Literally, unless you're brain damaged, you can't continue to sustain that level. In fact, they'll show under a scope that an infatuation at 14 months is demonstrably different than an infatuation at six or seven months. So it's white hot. It's that kind of obsession. I don't want to do anything else but love you. But nobody that's been married 10 years ago is talking in those terms or, or thinking like that. In fact, even at year five of the marriage, it doesn't mean I don't want the singles to be depressed. It doesn't mean you won't have intense feelings for your spouse. And there aren't times when you feel that same gooiness. I've been married to my wife for over 35 years and we still have some intense moments, but it ceases to be the daily glue. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to interject just for a second Yeah, because I, when I was starting to read the sacred search, I thought I cannot give this to my 18 year old because she's going to be depressed. 
because <laughs> because she buys all of the Hollywood romanticized stuff, romanticized stuff that we are to be infatuated, that we are to be totally sexually attracted for thirty six years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and she buys into all of that. And, and I don't blame her. I did too when I was eighteen, and I thought this is going to just rob her of all her romantic I- idealized ways of of looking at a lifelong love. And and so move on with the three things that Hollywood well, does to us and that romance novels do to yeah. us about the things and ways in which we're misled to think this is going to create a fabulous relationship for the rest of my life. Well, let, let me say why I hope she'll wrestle with it because neuroscientists also warn that when you're infatuated, you enter a stage they call idealization. Yeah. Idealization means you create a person who really doesn't exist, but you want them to exist. So you give them strengths they don't really have. You miss the weaknesses that others warn you about. An example I might use, let's say she's infatuated with um, a, a guy at the college cafeteria when she gets a little bit older. And so she's walking behind him as he's putting his tray away. A napkin falls on the floor, and he picks it up. And she's like, next to Jesus Christ, I don't know, everybody's showed that character. You should get the Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, he, he, he cares about the wait staff. Obviously, he's concerned about the environment. I mean, there's never been a man of his character. And, and the first thing, well, what, what are you talking about? Look, we, we think he has a problem with anger. No, he's just passionate. That's what I love about him. He's so passionate. Are you sure? It seemed to me like he was kind of cussing that guy out. Well, actually, I think he was speaking in tongues. You know, he, he has this spiritual side that nobody – and, you know, the, these silly things that go on where – and then here's what happens, Jenny. You've heard this. I've heard it. Anybody's a little – he's not who I thought he was. Yeah. And that's what happens when the infatuation dies. Oh, now I see the guy – that everybody else saw. So I think with infatuation, being forewarned is being forearmed. We can't help it. Married people have to deal with this. I read a study that said most married people, if they've been married for over 35 years, will have at least another four or five infatuations. That seems high to me, but we can expect a few. And so I think we have to be aware, okay, this is what's going on in my brain. I'm not thinking clearly. And and, and again, it's, it's being forewarned. The second thing besides infatuation is sexual chemistry, which, which is difficult to deal with. But here's the thing. Anybody that's been married for any length of time knows it's character and relational health that sustains sexual fulfillment in marriage. It's not initial sexual chemistry. You're going to see each other in various stages of dress and undress for thousands of nights on end. It's just not the same. But when you care for each other, when you love for each other, you want to serve from each other, you want to enjoy each other, you want to celebrate each other, that's what sustains long-term sexual interest. And then the third thing is usually compatibility on dates. Boy, we both like Harry Potter movies and pepperoni pizza. I mean, how, how, how no two people have ever shared that before. And where I warn young people is that the only thing that compatibility on dates tells you is how much you'll enjoy each other on vacation. And then I ask him, how often do your parents go on vacation? And if it's two weeks, you're not going to put up with 50 weeks of a miserable marriage because you really have a great time when you get away. Yeah. And, and so, but if somebody feels head over heels in love with somebody, the sexual chemistry is really high. It's not just that I'm excited about this person. We want to be physical. And we have such a good time when we go on dates. I think, well, it's a match. Let's get married. And that is so far removed from marriage. The real point is that somebody could be a wonderful dating partner partner, and a disaster as a spouse. 
Yeah. So there are three things you say to, to, that, that we're set up to believe are what we should use as our filter to determine if somebody is marriable to us. And one of them is uh, infatuation or romantic attraction. Another is sexual chemistry. And uh, did you already touch on relational compatibility? Yeah, compa- yeah relational compatibility. Have, enjoying yourself on a date. Different ways to describe it, but you have fun when you get together and play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, well, first of all, I just want to do this little shout out that's not (laughs) pro-Hollywood, because I think Hollywood sets us up with those things. Like, this is how it's going to be at the beginning, and this is you're going to be incredibly infatuated and and sexually attracted for for marriage. But then Hollywood uh, drops it and says, we don't care about maintaining marriage. We just want to, you know, idealize the beginning of it. And and then there's no help for people that are 10 years in, because Hollywood couldn't care less about sustaining marriages. So, so that part kind of made me angry as I was reading your book. You don't talk about it, but I just thought of it as I was reading through the book. All right, so I want one thing before we get on to your next book that I want to talk about, which is a lifelong love. You describe in a sacred search, I believe, and maybe actually, maybe it's in a lifelong love. Uh, you have an admission. You say, "Okay, I bought into some of this stuff to a certain degree," and what it really speaks of is our own selfishness. So you assessed the reasons you were married. I mean, you say it's often when it comes to marriage, the most important question to ask yourself is why do I want to be married? Not who do I want to be married to? But you said you assessed your own marriage and you thought, why did I get married? And why did I want to marry Lisa? Right. Lisa's your spouse, correct? Yes. Yeah. And and, and you came to a, a devastating conclusion as a guy who talks about marriage for a living. Can you share that? Yeah. It was just God showed myself. It's just I realized, you know, why did I get married? It's this question like, well, OK, let me see. I like the way Lisa looked. I like the way her mind thought. I know she's a very smart woman. Uh, we kind of wanted the same kind of family. We had a good time together. Well, she's this, this, this. I think I should marry her. And I realized as God took me through that list, every one of those things was a selfish thing. I will have a better life if I can get Lisa to marry me than if she wouldn't, or a better life with Lisa than I would with someone else. It was entirely what's best for me. Now, I realize we've got to make wise decisions, but here's a problem. Because both partners usually do that. In the words of my Texas senior pastor, when you have two people doing that, you have two ticks and no dog. Yeah. And eventually, yeah. you run out of something to feed on. And that's what happens in our marriages. We get to married with all of these expectations, all of these demands, all of you're going to do this for me. And we, again, when two people do that, selfishness eats each other up. And that's when people get to the point where I'm just done with this because I'm not getting what I want and I'm tired of her trying to just use me up. Yeah. Um, That's a poor basis for a marriage. Yeah. It's sort of like a leech. You're sucking off of the other person. You know, it's interesting. I've been married almost for 32 years now. and, And I love that you lead us down that path. And, and this is a very shocking statement, but marriage may, might not be about your happiness. <laughs> you know, and, and people are like, what are you talking about? And, and I think one of the greatest disservices that we have in modern culture is we think that other person is supposed to make us happy. And when he or she is not, then it's their fault that we're in a bad marriage. And, and I sometimes when I'm disappointed with my husband and surely he's disappointed with me, I think he's not made me happy today. He's made me unhappy. And, and, and that means that things aren't going well in our marriage. And I think that is a super selfish approach to marriage. So Let's dive into a lifelong love where you talk about what marriage is for, and it's a very unselfish approach that we need to be taking, according to this book. Yeah. Well, I have a chapter in there called Amongst Marriage, 
And I, I just present it this way. Why are we so appreciative of the littlest thing when our spouse is dating? Oh, you got me a gift. Oh, thank you. Or, oh, you picked up coffee for me. Oh, that's so wonderful. And then so frustrated with what we don't get in marriage. And it usually goes back to expectations. We notice every little thing that a boyfriend or girlfriend does for us. And we're so aware of what our spouse doesn't do yeah. for us. And so we have to say, I, I talk about just as a monk's marriage. I said, what if I had a monk's or a nun's heart for women desire that my fulfillment is going to be in God? I'm going to receive my affirmation from him. I'm going to receive my joy. So that everything my spouse does for me is an extra. Mm-hmm. I not only get God, I have somebody who asks me about how my day is going or occasionally gives me a back rub or is there to listen to me if I just need to vent or something. And then everything my spouse gives me is extra rather than – I've seen this where I've talked to some wives and I've talked to some husbands where they just have these – all-star spouses. I mean, look, I've been in this ministry for over 20 years as far as marriage ministry. I've been a pastor at a large church in Houston for 10 years. Yeah. I've seen how spouses could act. And these are like A-plus spouses. But after a while, an A-spouse plus, an A-plus spouse just becomes the way things are. They think every spouse is that way. He yeah. works hard, gives a lot of gifts, He's there to listen to you. You can trust him. He's involved with the kids. Well, he's supposed to be all that. So he doesn't get any credit for that. It's just, but he, he, he didn't call me that one time after I had an appointment to really see how things went or something. And, and that becomes a definition. And, and sometimes I have to think we have to scale back. I'm not talking, Jenny, about very unhealthy relationships yeah. that are abusive or criminally neglectful. That, that's why I'm careful when I'm talking. I, I don't want some to feel like we should, there aren't legitimate expectations. Sure. It, it's more getting our expectations into a healthy realm that I think, and the whole point of a lifelong love is that if our spiritual house is in order, our marriages are the first thing that are served from that. The more I receive from God, the less I demand of my spouse. If I get lazy in my relationship with God, the more demanding I become of my spouse. Yeah, just, and so yeah. I just found that worship for me is the key to a happy marriage. Yeah, no, I, I, and I would agree with that. And I do have a question along the lines of, what if both folks are not following God? Because that becomes complicated. Uh, I do want to mention to folks, we are, because of Gary being a prolific author and a wonderful speaker, we're giving away uh, three copies of his revised versions, updated and revised versions of The Sacred Search, A Lifelong Love. And I'm going to let you say non-conversations because that book is missing because I let someone borrow it. Okay. <laughs> so the, the title of non-conversations goes how? It's- Nine Essential Conversations Before You Say I Do. Okay, Nine Essential Conversations, yeah. It's designed as a premarital guide. The Sacred Searches Help You Find Someone. The Nine Essential Conversations Before You Say I Do is to really test the relationship as your premarital counseling. And then A Lifelong Love is after the wedding, how do we grow together using the spiritual principles that, that will really help us be set for life. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to try to smash too much in because you've got such wisdom to share. I don't want to, you know, make it in, in fast motion. But the number, if you would like to win one of Gary's wonderful books, is 303-873-1935, 303-873-1935. That's for Fridays. For the folks who listen across the nation on other days, just email us and tell us you'd like to win a copy, channelmom at gmail.com, channelmom at gmail.com. And thank you for letting us share those books, Gary. We appreciate it. Um, I, how about this? I think 
that what we're talking about today, it, it can seem t- very, very spiritually tough. Like, can I expect my husband to bring me flowers? And can I expect that he should treat me with courtesy and kindness and consideration every day? And, and, and what I've discovered in my own relationship is that it should not be your primary goal. It really is God first and really is how can I treat him well? How can I make his day better? And I know that sounds, I don't know, maybe Pollyanna or unrealistic, but but I have discovered that that approaching marriage in that way makes me a better person and is better for him. And you know what? A lot of days I don't get everything I need from him, and that's okay. And and let me say this. I know there are probably some unequally spo- yoked folks out there, and and I'm in a marriage where my husband does not believe what I believe, and and, and how do we do that when we, we aren't both saying God's the absolute first thing for me? That's where we have to double down on the worship. First John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. And, and what we're called to is a supernatural love. It's not something I think we can gin up on our own. Because the reality is, especially in a situation that can unequally yoke, we're called to love somebody who's not always lovable. Yeah. And you say, how do I do that? Well, the Bible says that God loved us while we were yet sinners. So we go to the source of the God who loved us when we were unlovable so that we, in turn, can receive his love to love someone who's not always lovable. Now, I'm not pretending that this is easy when you're unequally yoked or you're in a situation like that, or maybe you're with a depressed spouse or an addicted spouse or something. Look, I recognize we all have different roads. The same thing, sometimes you, you parent compliant children, sometimes you have disabled children, sometimes mentally ill children, depressed children. So just as parenting isn't equal and parenting advice doesn't fit every kid's situation, the same thing is true with marriage. But I think what you said is true, that if if people adopted your attitude, I would ask you this, not only do you grow, aren't you happier when you maintain that attitude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. It doesn't make sense to me either. Jesus said it's better to give than to receive to my selfish fallen mind. That doesn't make sense. But when I'm living a life of service, I'm much happier. True. Yes. And and we're, the idea is we're supposed to be growing more like Jesus every day. So two quick things. We've got two minutes. So I'm going to ask you to be very soundbitey. What okay. are the three things that we should be aiming for in order to have a, a lifelong love? Yeah. One, we have to set our marriage on the line of worship, recognizing God not only as our Heavenly Father, but our Heavenly Father-in-law, because He's the Father of the person we married. When we love someone out of reverence for Him, then we have a reason to love somebody even when they're not lovable. Second, the greatest need we have isn't to be loved, it's to learn how to love. There are dozens of scriptures that say grow in your love, increase in your love. There's not one that says to be happy, you have to be romantically loved by someone else. I'm I'm doing this short, but it took me months of praying through and meditating on this. But when I woke up and said, my greatest need isn't to be loved, it's to learn how to love, assuming I'm receiving God's love, it changed my marriage. And I probably already used up my two minutes. No, you haven't. And and the third thing, I think, is to to intentionally grow together. Yes, yes. That that marriage, a good marriage isn't something you find, it's something you make, and you have to keep on making it. You can have a great marriage, if it's not tended, it can become a miserable, distant marriage. Yeah, that's so true. One question, Gary, just one question, one conversation that uh, somebody should have before they say, I do. One of the nine, what should they... The one they most don't want to have. (laughs) 
<laughs> it, it's why when I do this with premarital counseling, I tell the couples there's there's no negotiation here. If you're not willing to have online conversations, I'm not performing the wedding because the one you're most fearful of talking about is the one you most need to talk about. There is no hiding in marriage, and you have to be open in all areas if you want to have an intimate marriage that's satisfying. Amen. Amen. You're a blessing, Gary. I really appreciate your words. I wish I had an hour with you. Your your publicity person thought we had an hour, and I really need an hour, <laughs> but it's only a half hour. So how do people find you, your ministry? I know you're in Houston, and you speak all over the country. How do they yeah. find you, your ministry, and your books? Well, thank you for asking. The easiest way is my website, which is my name, www.garythomas.com. So if they remember my name, Gary Thomas, put a .com on the end, and they could get there, and it has all the handles to uh, social media channels. And I have two blogs, one based on marriage for singles and marrieds, and one on how we grow in Christ. And then they could read about the books and all of that. All right. Thank you so much for being on Channel Mom. I, I know that you've helped people today. Thank you for having me. Thank oh, sure. you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Again, we're giving away the books. So 303-873-1935, 303-873-1935. And uh, I got to wrap up the show. This is the time in the show that I remind you that even if you feel overlooked, even if you feel like you don't measure up to what Hollywood says you should measure up, even if you're struggling, even if, you, even if you're in trials, you're sick, your children are sick, whatever it is, I want you to know that God does see you. He has assigned those children to you. And it is an immensely important job. And you're doing immensely important work, even if it feels sacrificial and thankless. I'm here to thank you. Thank you for all that you do to raise your children well, to stay committed, even when they're adults. I so appreciate that now as my kids are growing into adulthood. It's it's a huge task. Hey, follow us all over social media. Like us, tell other people about us at Channel Mom. Email us if you need something, channelmom at gmail.com. And uh, you could become a donor. You could pray for us. You could donate to us. You can find out how at channelmom.com. There's a little donate button there. Uh, Yeah. God bless you guys. Have a beautiful weekend. If you enjoy what you hear on Channel Mom Radio, and if you believe the media should be doing more to support moms and encourage families, then why don't you come alongside the efforts of Channel Mom? We'd like to offer you our partner package today. We'll send you a Channel Mom's Best Tips for Moms, as well as a beautiful bling t-shirt when you sign up to be a partnering monthly donor at ChannelMom.com. We live in a world that demeans the importance of moms and belittles the value of family. Research shows the family is breaking down in America. But Channel Mom aims to stop the family breakdown, starting with the moms. We depend on our donors to help us, to put this show on the air, and to do outreach for mothers on the ground, supporting them in their parenting, marriages, addiction issues, and more. So become a Channel Mom partner today and be a part of the change you want to see for mothers and families. Just go to ChannelMom.com and click on Give to CM, and you'll see our donate button there. From the moms at Channel Mom, thank you. And may God bless each mom and her family.